MFs. Welcome back. Hustle Like You Broke, June 18. One of two podcasts we are recording today. Beautiful day outside. My kids are out of school. Unfortunately, no summer camps. So the coronation continues and we will be getting creative with what the fuck we do to fill the time. But those of us hustlers, we know there is any number of things that we can be doing. First and foremost, using the voices we have to affect change in our nation and in our world. Currently, coronavirus cases are declining in a number of states, but going up in others. Restaurants are reopening, albeit in a slightly different capacity. They appear to be primarily outdoors in parking lots, at least in my neighborhood. Not exactly the same environment that I would imagine neither the restaurateurs nor their customers would prefer, but I suppose it's safer. I will say at the marina right near my house, it's always outdoor dining when the season permits. And right now they are fucking crowded. I don't know about distancing. I don't know about masks. I don't know how you can eat a mask while you're eating. And people are pretty cramped in those spaces. So a lot of people not caring, or at least not when they're eating and congregating and trying to pretend that life is back to normal. We will see if that leads to a second wave not entirely sure what that means, but Fauci is saying that we are still in the first, something that our self-proclaimed genius of a dear leader wishes to discount. I suppose it's not uh, in his best interest politically to tell people what's really happening in the world and, and whenever has he done that anyway. But again, I'll relent with the politics for the moment at least. In Miami, they're talking about all people needing to wear masks at all times, even on the beaches, which should make for some interesting tan lines. And uh, with that in mind, one of my co-hosts lives right down the road from there, Christine Dallas. How are you today? I am fabulous. And will you be wearing a mask while tanning? No, I... I don't know what you heard, but from what I've witnessed, you might have to wear a mask entering the sand part of the beach, so to speak. But once you've set up, you're not necessarily expected to wear it while on the sand. I have yet to see them enforce that. So I don't know where that came from. But um, yeah, no, I mean, but people are keeping distant unless they're in groups of, you know, family groups, I guess. In my one outing in the last week, I had to check it out. Had to make sure the sand was still there and the water was coming in. Been a long time. (laughs) I'll have to defer to your expertise because I do know, I mean, I I might not be much of a reader, but I did see a headline that said, at all times, even on the beach. And enforcement, of course, is questionable. I'm not entirely sure how that works. I do know the beach around the corner from my house. Last night I was driving by and... Uh, you know, it was mobbed. It was an absolute mob scene. So distancing, what's that? I'm not really sure. Uh, 
In the good news category, I've stopped hearing about negative references to all the protests, thugs, looters, etc. Seems that that rhetoric is on the decline. On the other hand, black men getting shot in America continues to rise. Surprise, surprise. Can only hope something... I don't even know. I was going to say we can only hope something positive comes out of all of the recent protests, but are they? I just don't know. Again, their doofus of a dear leader has proclaimed an executive order that's supposed to, you know, speak to the need for police reform of some sort. But as I understand it, it makes light suggestions at best. No meaningful change to be enacted. And he's, he's embraced people that have, have, how do I even say, the people in Buffalo, the officers that, that actually resigned their post because of the mistreatment of the people who knocked over a 75-year-old man. And somehow they are embraced and appreciated by their leader. Not even sure where to go with that. Meanwhile, Roger Goodell first announces that, I mean, in short, Black Lives Matter, thank God, nice of him to come forward, fails to acknowledge Cap initially, but has since said that he believes Colin Kaepernick deserves a shot on another team Seems to me like a weak effort to save face. Phony PR stunt. After that bullshit tryout. You don't see the air quotes, but tryout, I say loosely, that he was given some months ago. Kyle Hamilton with us today. What do you think about that? Uh, I think it's, um, it's interesting because now they're only saying that after the fact you weren't feeling that, you know, a couple years ago. So it's really just save that ass, you know, in my personal opinion, I don't think it has any, there's, there's, there isn't any, um, he doesn't believe what he's saying. He's just saying just to look good for the PR. It's just a PR ploy. In my opinion. Exactly. Meanwhile, but my crunch bears are crunching though. And the, <laughs> and the birds are chirping. There is always that, and thank goodness. Down 30 on keto. Kudos so, to you. Kudos to that's you. That's where I'm at on this Thursday evening. Meanwhile, in the world of sports, sticking with that theme for just a moment, baseball looks closer to happening. Talking about a 60-game season, seem closer than ever. Fingers crossed. Who knows? NBA is coming back in uh, the D Disney Wide World of Sports Complex. Seems they are on track, although Dwight Howard comes out saying he's not sure he wants to play. He's not sure the focus is where it needs to be. 
and I appreciate that. Of course, I agree with that theoretically, but Dwight Howard has got to be the softest motherfucker in the entire NBA. I mean, and always has been. The dude is a fucking beast. He's a man-child, a fucking specimen in theory. He's gigantic. He's stat. But he's fucking soft. And it's no surprise he's not won a championship ever before. I mean, it might mean something if his statement came from LeBron. And I'd love to know LeBron's response. Maybe he has. They're on the same team now. Maybe he said something. I'm not sure. But, Kyle, I know you agree with me that Dwight Howard is soft. So, I just had to put that out there. I'm not even sure why. But, in golf, the RBC Heritage Tournament is underway now. Never heard of it? Neither had I. It wasn't necessarily one of the big ones, but in golf, they've been testing everyone, not just the players, not just the categories, everyone connected, something like, it's just under a thousand people have been routinely tested for the second week in a row. There have been no positives, so all the biggest players in the world are participating in the tournament right now. Everybody's enthusiastic. Everybody wants to play. I think that speaks to a general sentiment in sports. And, and I think it speaks to a general sentiment in entertainment, too. So good on that. And best of all, the Premier League has come back. Not best of all so much because I am a huge advocate of soccer, American, American soccer, what is otherwise known to the world as football. And, and I love the sport, but the best thing, of course, for anybody that's seen it is all teams took a knee before the start of their games yesterday and wore shirts that said Black Lives Matter in place of their names on the back. So kudos to the Premier League. I can only hope other leagues respond as well. In post-game news conferences and what have you, it was acknowledged that sportsmen in the UK, at least, acknowledge their responsibility and their platform, and the value of taking a stand. It's great to see it happening overseas. We can only hope it happens here in the States. And with that, my final guest, my not my final guest, my final co-host, my good friend, Brother Banks, what do you think about all that? Uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens, you know. I, I, I think it's great to see you know initiatives and people you know making taking a stand and definitely displaying you know for the organizations um and like i said i think it's i think it's more acceptable in certain sports and in certain regions of the world we'll see what happens in the u.s when our teams kick off and people start protesting on television yeah exactly that so with that in mind, we have a great guest here today. Somewhat outside the norm, doesn't work directly in the touring business, and I'm not aware if he has any such experience, so that is one of the things I would like to know. But he comes to us from the Madison, Wisconsin area, is a grad of the University of, Miss, uh, of Wisconsin, Madison, 
He is a badger. I have a cousin who's a badger. I have some friends. Also, great, great town. Great college town. Like, really, really like it there. And uh, appreciate him being with us. He has worked at Full Compass Systems, and he is now the Vice President of Sales at Sound Productions. Ryan Maurer, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me. It's uh, it's an honor to be here. I, I appreciate, uh, especially my good friend Kyle, but everybody here to have me. It's a, it's an honor for sure. I mean, I suppose you haven't spent enough time listening to the podcast to know I love ripping on people who praise Kyle. <laughs> well, I have listened to it a bit, and uh, and uh, well, I mean. He is the he is the diamond fader after all. <laughs> and I will also say for the record, there may be times when Kyle comes up today where our listeners would anticipate a snarky comment or remark. Uh, but his witty repartee might be a little absent from today's discussion. We are hoping he will be with us for as much as possible. But I do know he has another competing obligation. He is a busy man. And who can begrudge him that? For those of us that are not busy these days, I, I, I can't hold it against him that he is. So I appreciate him doing what he can. And you won't hear me say this very often, but he gets a pass for not necessarily dedicating his full time and focus. Although I will point out for the record that I do consider this a primary obligation. And uh, I, our viewers, certainly our listeners, deserve that respect and appreciation that they be put first. Are you there to speak to that, Kyle? <laughs> shady. <laughs> <laughs> it's so shady, man. <laughs> Ah, I know. I'm a motherfucker. I am aware of that. And thank you for pointing it out, Chris. So, Ryan, you know, again, you know Kyle well. And I do know that, you know, I've worked with companies like Sound Productions. And honestly, I'm not even sure if it was with Sound Productions when putting together, um, you know, playback rigs for other artists when we've gone through the process. I'm not the one directly involved with that because that's not my direct responsibility other than let's get some quotes. Let's make sure it's the right equipment. Let's make sure we're doing what you need. But I do know that one of the things you guys do is things like providing the equipment uh, for playback rigs. I do know that with Kyle in particular, you know, for all that I bust on Kyle, I've always said, I believe he is one of the great front of house engineers. Absolutely. And I do understand that you provided the components for his rack. So Tell us a little bit about what it is that you do. Tell us a little bit about your company, your field, just so our our viewers understand. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's a, well. First, I got to tell the story about how I met Kyle because this is this is cool and it kind of goes back to you know what makes uh, what makes the industry pretty special. But so y'all had um, Rob Stevenson on uh, you know yesterday or that you know it, it was published yesterday, and so I listened to that and. Actually, you know, Rob's a good friend of mine and a good friend of our families. And so um, about, a, you know, a few years back, uh, uh, Rob actually posted, uh, it was on Instagram or something like that. And, you know, he had his he had his studio rig or his road rig because, you know, Rob's on tour 
you know, quite prominently, but he was like, man, I, this gear is beat up. It's busted. There's, you know, I just need something that can kind of stand itself up, you know, that I can take on the road with me and stuff like that. And, um, and at the time I didn't know Rob. And so I responded to him and I was like, listen, man, I can, you know, I'm on that side of the industry in terms of, you know, uh, you know, key keyboards and, you know, monitoring and all of the rigs that, you know, you would be taking on the road with you. And so I, re I just said, hey, I'm happy to help you if, you if you're interested in that. And, and, you know, many of the artists that Rob works with, um, you know, my wife and I are, are big fans of. So Rob reached back out to me. I think he thought I was like some really sketchy dude from Wisconsin just reaching out to him, wondering what, uh, you know, what I wanted truly. But really, it was just to, you know, help out as best I could. And so um, shortly after that, the Super Bowl was in Minneapolis, which is, you know, six hours from here in in Madison, which uh, to your point, thank you for the Wisconsin shout out, um, you know, UW all the way, that's for sure. And so, you know, Rob was like, why don't you come up to the cities? And, and I got a couple gigs I gotta, I gotta take care of. Um, and you can kind of see what I do. And then we can, you know, figure out what might we might be able to partner on and, and make happen. And I, you know, I was like, that's pretty cool. And, and so I, I, dr I drove up there and um, that was uh, a couple years back when, when, you know, uh, Dave Matthews band was doing the, 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 the night before show, right before the Super Bowl, um, up at the, at the Excel energy center. So I drove up there and, you know, went to, you know, went to meet Rob. He's like, I'm in this hotel. This is, you know, so I, I knock on the door and I meet Rob and we're talking through, you know, what, what's going on. And he's like, we got to go, we got to go on this gig. So we jump in a car and we fly over to the Washington hotel and, and, uh, and it was with his client, Charlie Puth. And so we, 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 sp you know, spent some time warming him up and I'm just kind of watching Rob do his thing, which was pretty cool. And then, and then we go over to, uh, you know, the gig and I, I, I didn't, wasn't correlating what was happening, what the gig was. This was the Friday night, you know, before Super Bowl Sunday and, and we're walking past, you know, people and I'm kind of just trying to keep up with Rob. Anybody that's been with Rob for any more than two minutes knows the guy flies about a million miles an hour. And, and, so, and suddenly I recognize that every person walking past me is like six, five and two fifty. I couldn't get it. And then f f the, the moment that I realized where I was is when Dan Marino walked past us. And I was like, Oh, we're at the NFL, you know, like the, the, the commissioner's dinner. This is pretty cool. And, and, and so we ended up, you know, doing the Charlie Puth thing. And then, and then that, that night, uh, you know, zip back to the, to the hotel and, and Justin Timberlake was doing the halftime show. So uh, Rob wanted to work with them uh, after rehearsals on that Friday night that Justin had at at the stadium. So I was hanging in the room with Rob, and he's like, "All right, man, you gotta you gotta bounce because um, you know uh, Justin's gonna come up, and we're gonna work through a couple things, just you know, cool him down, and you know all the things that the vocal doctor does." And you know, so I was I was heading out uh, of Rob's room, and and the uh, the the room he had was at the corner of the hotel, so the the door actually opened up, and it was into to a hallway, like but down the hallway, not like uh, you know like perpendicular, but literally looking down the hallway. So I opened the door, and and Justin's walking at me by himself, walking right at me about thirty feet away, and it was this this hot moment of why uh, this moment of I don't know who you are, but I certainly knew you know, who Justin was. And I froze because I didn't know what to do. And Justin looked at me like, why is, why is this dude stamping out of, you know, Rob's hotel room? This is kind of bizarre. And over the corner of my shoulder, I hear Rob go, goodbye, Ryan. And that was, that was kind of Rob, get, get out of here. But that was this moment of um, recognition that, man, this industry is so unique, right? And from the front end to the back end of the products, to the artists, to the tours, to the 
crews and rigs that are doing all the work that, you know, most, most of the time just don't get any credit for it. Right. And so as I got to know Rob, he introduced me to, um, to Kyle and I've been fortunate enough to help Kyle out with a couple of rigs, both on the road and, and doing some extra work in, his, in, in home studio environments and stuff like that. But, you know, for me, it's that, you know, I haven't been out on the road, you know, Matt, to your points, like I'm, I'm on the other end of that spectrum where we're providing product and service to the teams that are actually going out and doing the work right in trucks and, you know, pulling rigging and all of the work that gets, that happens to make any live production occur. But to me, to me, it's just about the people, right? I mean, think about it this way, right? We are in the age where, where people are thinking, man, we're so more, we're so much more connected, right? With social media and blogs and podcasts like this one, which are super cool. And they create this community. But the reality of it is sometimes we're losing the human aspect of that. And in our industry, like what we all do, it's all about the people. The moment that we lose that, we might as well just pack up our bags and go home because it doesn't matter anymore, right? And and in the worlds of, you know, not to dig on, you know, get too political, but the, the worlds of Amazon and this, this faceless thing, you know, that's not what that's not what makes, you know, life or specifically our industry special. So for me, having someone, you know, like a Rob Stevenson as a, a, a truly a friend of mine and our families, right? Our kids call him Uncle Rob when he calls, right? So that's that's an incredible thing. It's about people and relationships and about what creates community. And then what we do every day, you know, from from a professional side, well, it has to start with that same thing, which is the people. We don't want to be a product vending machine, right? I said to y'all before we jump on the calls, like I owe all you, I owe everybody a microphone, and uh, and that's not because of you know of anything, but we want to be creators and we're artists and we're we're people first, and and the systems that support us are just simply that they're not the they're not what makes us special, and you know so from my perspective and what what we do professionally helps get that done, and it helps keep the special aspects of what we are as human beings in collectively being together at a concert or in a theater or a festival, you know, especially in this day and age, right? We can't do those things. People are aching because they wanted to go to be together. And so for us, that's what makes, you know, what we want to do special. So I just want to jump on that soapbox because it's important as, you know, to answer your question, Matthew, right? It's like, well, you know, there's these, you know, sound productions, for example, is an incre- we're an incredible uh, team that 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 you know supplies products to touring companies and production companies. Well, if we just become a box and just ship a box, that's not any fun. I mean, nobody's here to do that. So we want to we want to be someone who and a team that can actually help you know folks on the road and folks in churches and folks in schools that are that are doing production environments. And we want to be able to help have give them the opportunity to have the best experience for their people um, as we possibly can. So that's that's my perspective on you know how we, how how just broadly what makes us special in the industry is the people first. It has to be the people. You know, I want to just pause for a quick second and acknowledge and appreciate you know that you made this much more human than just about the company side. And, and I, I completely agree with that. I, I, we are a, an industry of people, not just an industry of companies. And the vendors we engage when we talk about our vendors, you know, usually when we talk about our vendors, we are talking about individuals 
Um, you know, when we talk about promoters, everybody talks about Live Nation being the big bad machine. But when I call Live Nation, I don't think of it as calling Live Nation. I think of it as, right. oh, I'm going to give Ryan a call. Oh, I'm going to give Omar a call. That's right. Um, and, you know, it's much more about the human interaction. You know, it, there are, you know, not to not to suggest that Sounds Productions has, you know, other vendors that are on a level. Because I guess, truth be told, I don't really know where you and Full Compass and, you know, other companies like a Sweetwater or whatever, how you kind of rate. All I know is, you know, when I have a need, I'm going to call you. I'm going to say, hey, I know Ryan. He's a great guy. I'm going to give him a buzz. I know when Kyle is looking for, you know, where he's going to pick up his components, he's not just looking for, you know, the cheapest deal he can find to your point on Amazon. He wants to know where he's going to get the best service. He's going to get the best support. He's going to get, um, you know, the best experience. Um, and and that's that is not to be overlooked or or, or undermined in any way. Yeah. So tell us, but tell us a little more about sound productions. And again, I come from a somewhat of a place of ignorance as as a tour director. You know, it is not typically my area. As I mentioned before, I'll be the one who's you know when receives the proposals and and turns to you know be at my front of house or my. Um, you know, playback engineer and saying, okay, I see the price comparison. And, you know, if one is, you know, twice the, as much as the other, I say, well, it, explain this to me. Obviously, you know which one I'm going to want. But where you're looking at something that is relatively comparable um, or, or you're looking for somebody to make a case for why one is more important than the other. Again, I, I want to say, well, why is it we should use this vendor? What what is it that you guys really specialize in, and why? Um, you know, and 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 how do you, how does that factor into into the decision making and and into the broader production related decisions in this industry? Yeah, no, I appreciate that. It's you know, it's it's uh, to your point, it's, it's you know where we fit in kind of this this broad goal of trying to create cool events and cool experiences for you know concert goers and and theater goers. It's it's um you know sound productions is. It was actually started about uh, 43 years ago from my 44th, so more than 40 years ago, um, 10 years older than Kyle Hamilton. But it's, uh, you know, it's it was a, a 40 plus year old business. Actually, it's cool. So it started in Dallas, Texas. So back in the day, you know, touring companies, everybody knows this, right, is that, you know, you'd, you'd travel to a city and then you'd have a backline company come do your PA and everything for you, right? That was kind of the deal. So sound production actually started that way. And the way it started was actually Elvis was in town. And and needed you know needed backline support essentially <clears throat> excuse me, and so uh, our founder Charles Kitch actually went out and did the work for Elvis and then Elvis's tour manager at the time said man would you come on tour with us and help us the rest of the way so that's kind of how that we you know we started and you fast forward forty years and you know now we have a location in in Dallas Texas which is our headquarters and then we just launched a location here in Madison Wisconsin which I'm fortunate enough to to lead a, a, a an incredibly talented team here. Um, and, and so really where we, where we kind of fit and, and I think it's fine. I think, you know, Matthew, your point's like, Hey, you got Sweetwater, you got GC, you got, you know, someone, someone like a sound productions. How does that all work? Well, for me, you know, first of all, it's the, the moment that we, any of those companies lose their special sauce, we, we all collectively lose. Right. Which means the people again, and I'll get, I'm going to get annoying with this, but if it's not about people first, 
both in our teams and the people we support, then let's just go home, man. Let's, let's just take our ball and go home and go sell, you know, you know, nuts and bolts or something else. Right. But, you know, for us, we, you know, we support, you know, um, uh, touring companies. So that's, that's a, that's been a unique thing for, for us in the recent few months, right? Nobody's on the road, but generally, you know, if somebody's looking to fly a rig, you know, of PA or whatever that happens to be was like JBL rig or, you know, if, if uh, it's like a Yamaha Nexo rig or, you know, L acoustics or Meyer, you know, those big boys, that's where we fit. Right. And so we actually will be partnering with tour and production companies to sell them products so that they can, you know, take it down the road with them. But that's everywhere from, you know, the, the PA rig back to, you know, the LD in the back that's running lighting and the board that's doing all the control work. That's all stuff that we support. And from a highly technical standpoint, I got a good friend um, and Kyle knows him too. Uh, but Sean Quackenbush is a, a good friend of ours, front of house for Brandy Carlisle has, you know, spent a bunch of time on the road with, uh, with Robert Randolph and family band, spent some years with OAR and a ton of extras. And, and uh, I say this without trying to be pandering because it's, it's the truth of what I believe is there are the, the two best, you know, two of the best front of the house players in the game are Kyle Hamilton and Sean Quackenbush. If you all go want to go listen to a live mix, listen to one of those two guys, but they're the type of folks who we go to and say, listen, you know, Kyle's a Digico guy. You know, and and so a dealer like us would be able to support that product from front to back, right? So it's how what do you look what are you looking to accomplish? Channel count, all that technical stuff, but then ultimately, once it's out on the road, are we able to support it? And that's what we do. So it can be anything from a USB mic, right? I'm talking into a little you know recording rig here in my home office, into all the way up to a VTX rig flying at a twenty five thousand um, you know attendee. Uh, uh, amphitheater, right? So that's what we do. And then we also have, um, you know, in, in Dallas and then in, in, in Madison, we run local events. Uh, Kyle, you have to come out and, uh, and give us a little workshop at some point, but um, where, where folks will come in and actually get their hands on the gear, right? This goes back to the people part. So you can buy a console, you know, you can buy a Yamaha piece and that's a, it's a great product. You can buy it on you can buy it on Amazon, you can buy it from a Sweetwater, you can buy it, you know, from a bunch of different spots. But where we want to sit is we're not gonna let that transaction occur until we make a hundred percent sure it's right for what our customer is trying to get done, whether it's on the road, home studio. More recently, everybody's moving into trying to figure out how do I stream my artist? How do I figure out how to make sure, you know, as a front of house engineer, someone who's solely focused, you know, in the past on audio. And I'm really good at it. How do I now figure out how to do video? I was talking to Quack about that last week. And he's done some really cool work with Brandy and the twins up in Washington State. And we've been fortunate enough to help him out with some of that product. But we had to make sure it was right first, right? And, and getting that, that aspect of it is the human part. And our team focuses, this is not supposed to be, again, cheesy or over the top. It's we really try to walk the walk is we work really hard to make sure that what is in your hands is going to make the best sense, right? We don't want y'all walking into like a Kyle or whomever is going into an, a venue and their their wireless rig doesn't work, right? We're great partners with Sure. You know, if, if somebody walks into a venue and PSM doesn't work or your ears don't work, that's not okay. And guess who gets the first glance for it not working? Front of house, Right. And so that's the beauty of what we do in the industry is we sell product to the people, you know, making sure it's the right stuff, but we do it in a way where if you're never noticed, 
except for maybe the audio files in the room or in the venue, you're never noticed. And that group of people can have the best experience maybe of their lives, right? We have an opportunity to do that as part of the industry of their lives. If we can do that and, and the team that supports the artist is never noticed, that's a win. So it's an interesting change of the guard because it's a servant, it's a servant industry, right? It's not about the people that are wearing black or behind a board. If they do it and do it at a high level, and there's so many talented people, right? Rigging, crews, backstage folks that are handling the tickets for artists, right? Everybody from that set of folks who never get the credit, it's, an, it's essentially those people that we at Sound Productions serve. And that's what I love to do. Because if, it's a, if it ever becomes about us, specifically, like we want to be on stage, you know, artists, they're talented at what they do. We want to let them do that. That's our goal, you know, as a team. So again, I'm not trying to get up on the soapbox, but it's really important as we always talk about this internally and in our industry, if it stays about the people, we can actually create a moat. You know, we always talk about the moat analogy, you know, in our team, we say, if we can create a moat around the industry and keep it special, keep it weird, really, right? Austin, keep it weird. Seattle, keep it weird. Portland, keep it weird. You know, if we can keep it that just that little bit of funky, right? And not lose the sweet spot of the relationships we create a moat together, both our customers and the dealers and the manufacturers and the touring companies and trying to make sure that we keep it special. That's our goal. That's how we built the business. I like that, that allusion to the moat philosophy. That's, that's clever. Um, I, I'm, I'm struggling. There, I, there, I think there's a lot to unpack in what you just said. I'm struggling with the, the part about, you know, that, that our sole mission is to support the person on stage. Of course, that is true. Um, but that the intention is for the people in black to remain unseen. Of course, we are here representing those people and believe right. that it is important that those people have a voice, those people have an identity, those people are acknowledged and provided the tools to thrive. Um, but but I suppose you know again you you work in support of those people thriving in some capacity. Right. So I, I wholeheartedly appreciate that. Um, but take us back. I, I mean, I'm assuming that you guys specialize primarily in audio. One because that's what you're talking about. Two because you call yourself sound productions. It seems pretty obvious. Um, but correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, did you start as an audio company and start expanding? into other technologies. And, and I asked that as part of the larger question, you know, the evolution of the company, which speaks to the evolution of the industry and the expanding technical and technological changes that have occurred over the years. Yeah. Well, it's exactly it. So, you know, we started, like I mentioned, as, you know, working for Elvis and his backline and you know, there were a bunch of tours that came through, you know, the United States in the mid to late 70s. But, you know, we, we've got um, a pretty cool set of tour T-shirts that, you know, our, our team internally, you know, has, has access to. But, the, you know, our founder, Charles, was um, wildly connected. He started in a local music shop in the Dallas area and actually sold the, um, you know, uh, actually sold the first guitar to Stevie Ray Vaughan. And, uh, and so he knows the... The Vaughn family pretty darn well. And he also, as part of that, when 
um, Billy Joel would come through touring, you know, in the seventies, he and Billy got pretty close. So actually last year he was able to join him on stage when he came through and play guitar with them, which I thought was pretty, pretty cool. So there's this deep rooted, you know, servant, you know, we, we, we want to, to go back to your point is we want to serve those who really deserve the credit, right? I mean, the, those that put the shows on, that's, we don't want to get in the way of that. And so that's the spirit that Charles kind of laid out for us, um, you know, 40, 45 years ago. So, but back then, you know, it was just, it was about PA and, and, and making sure that, you know, anywhere from console and audio chain was, was taken care of all the way through, you know, stage mics and all those things. But, you know, as the world changed, especially just as you noted is, you know, a company like ours has had to, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, change and develop over the years because, you know, if, as an audio company, you go to a concert and now it's, it's full blown, you know, full, full soup to nuts. You got video, um, and lighting rigs and, and, and a full, a full gamut of front to back production. And so while we're called sound productions and, and our, our logo actually has a keyboard on it, cause that's the, the very essence of where, of, uh, of the grand piano that we were able to provide as backline back in the seventies, that's our source. But ultimately, you know, today, and as we had to grow, it was this, it was this ever changing environment in terms of the industry where, well, now you have video and, you know, back in like the late nineties, early two thousands, you'd have big projectors firing at a wall. And, and, and even in that environment, you know, having to move into that space as a quote unquote sound productions, um, you know, had that, that had to happen. Well, now you fast forward another, you know, uh, you know, 10 or 15 years in the, in the, in the, in the equipment, the gear and the technical aptitude of crews is just skyrocketed. And now you have led walls and you have, you know, full moving heads on stage and you have an, um, a lighting, uh, uh, console in the back of the venue that's doing all of this work and it's, and it's all synchronized to what's happening on the stage from an audio standpoint you know, you have that, that piece. And then you add in video, which is so many folks are capturing, you know, the, the, um, the experience in real time, right? So you have camera folks that are moving around. All of that becomes part of what we do at sound productions because it's part of the production. So, you know, while our name is consistently, you know, sound pro, we move from, you know, pro audio to video to lighting. We even do, you know, MI, um, you know, uh, Kyle, I think I was a good friend. There's a, a great keyboards, buddy strong, who, um, is a Nord artist. So we, you know, we're a dealer for Nord, but he's a good friend of ours. And, and, uh, and, you know, so it moves all the way through that. Right. And, and that's really become what's great for us is it goes, it's, it's a pretty cool idea, um, and a cool environment to live in because it can go from audio chain and front of house engineers and monitor engineers and and then th through your lighting designer, so we support lighting designers and their and their product sets. And you know whether it's a you know a Martin moving fixture on stage, or it's a Chauvet, or it's an American DJ you know fixture on stage. And everybody's got their own unique you know desires and perspectives. But we support all of those manufacturers, and then therefore the the LDS. And then you have video folks who are doing all of this switching behind the scenes and moving cameras and doing things to capture the video. Um, not to mention post-production, right? We haven't even gotten to that, but there's this whole, um, you know, envelope of customers and, and folks that we support. And again, it's intended to be from the front to the back. And we make sure that what is necessary is matching technical specs and what everybody's trying to produce and make happen. And then we kind of back out and make sure that we're supporting it when necessary. So that's kind of how we think, right? So sound productions is one term, but ultimately it's audio, video, lighting, 
and then some, you know, uh, a significant amount of stage instrument as well. How many uh, staff do you have, Ryan? How, how big is your team? Yeah, so we, we uh, I always say we punch above our weight, right? We're a, we're a prominent member in, in our kind of community. Um, we've got about 40 team members today. Uh, and about, you know, about uh, just over a third of that is our account management team, um, highly technical. Uh, many of them were, were on the road, right? So they, they actually were on tours. One of our, one of our great uh, account managers did a lot of touring work before he decided to, you know, hang up that part of his life. And, and so he's a part of our sales team now for 15 years. So we have a lot of industry folks that really appreciate what happens on the road and to put on a production and, 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 the, and quite frankly, the pressure that occurs and the timelines and all of that work. But you know, we've got about 15 uh, account managers today and we're growing, which is cool. Um, but really we're trying to stay to the spirit of, you know, the right people in, in the team. So that's about how, hi, Christine, by the way, it's nice to hear your voice. <laughs> hey Ryan. Sorry. I didn't have a chance earlier to say hi properly. <laughs> cool. And so if, um, so I'm assuming you use like freelancers or something depend as well, depending on the workload you have. Is that how you yeah, I use that kind of from the from actually putting the product in place and getting it up on its legs and producing the work. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's actually what where we kind of stand stand down. Um, you know, the folks we partner with on you know again a front house engineer, someone like a Kyle, we'll make sure they have every piece of information that we can possibly provide from a technical standpoint. But then we, you know, once that product lands on the ground, um, you know, we, we allow that team or that, you know, that, uh, that contractor, the union folks or whomever is on the site to do the work, you know, and standing up the gear and the product. So if it's flying a PA or anything like that, um, we, we have partners that will refer, you know, customers to, but we stay, we stay away from that aspect though, just because there's plenty of, you know, again, everybody was trying to be an expert in your field. And so we try to stay away from that. We definitely stay away from that just because there's experts that handle that aspect of, of the chain, so to speak. Understood. So Ryan, I had a question. I mean, you are very knowledgeable in your field. What was the driving force to really get into this line of work and be it from this side versus being on the road and actually interacting? Because I mean, you're, delivery is is uh charismatic i mean you talk about being with people and, and helping people and having them understand and talking about the human inter- interaction but you chose to be on a different side of the field i'm just curious as to what drove you there what what keeps you there yeah i, I go to bed every night wondering the same thing sometimes um, I, to be honest and not to use, uh, not to, not to speak out of turn, but I kind of fell back asswards into it. Um, and you know, I grew up, uh, in a musical family. I didn't play any, in play any instruments or anything like that, but I've, I've always loved, um, you know, live music. And, and so for me, it was, uh, as I started to, you know, grow up and, and think about what I want to do with my life, right. Spending my time at the university of Wisconsin and, and in an arts community. I mean, we're the Austin of the North. And uh, it's just really freaking gold here. But for me, it was what what can I do to somehow take the experiences that I've had in business, which was, you know, not to be boring, but was in was in a distribution environment, and pair it with something like music and and live music, and then through my personal growth, which you know all of us are always on a journey, but through my personal growth is how do I help other people? How do I take what I have 
and actually help other people become better at their jobs, maybe become better friends. You know, someone like, again, going back to my friend Rob is, how do I help Rob become better at what he does? Because I can't do it, right? I'm limited in what I can do, but I also know what I'm, what I'm good at, what I've been gifted with. And so if I can take that and, and open up avenues for other people to be great at what they do, then I've then then we're all winning, right? That's the that goes back to everything we've been talking about with the people part. But for me, it was okay. I'm not going to jump in, um, you know, in a semi and 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 rip around country, um, you know, setting up and tearing down. That's just you know not necessarily the lifestyle that's going to work in this stage of life for me. But at the same time, I can I can help the people that are doing that and that are working, you know. And I tell you, I you know, I've been fortunate enough to be around a couple large scale tours, you know, in the in the at the front end of the of the load in and the tail end of the loadout. That that is hard work, like really hard work, and it's long hours. And in many ways, to your point, Matthew, it's we need to shine a light on those people because they are actually doing some of the most special work of the entire industry in this chain, right? It's absolutely important if you can't get anything done without those team members. So for me, it was, okay, can we take, you know, all of these things that we're seeing in the product space, right? A Shure, a Yamaha, JBL, Sennheiser, you know, any of these big folks that are, that are selling product, can we personalize that and give it to a team to make, to make it happen and to create an environment that makes sense. My favorite thing to do, is to go to a show, and I swear to go to a show, and stand next to a front of house engineer that's a friend of mine. I'll use Sean again, Sean Quackenbush. Stand next to him and watch him do the work that he does that I will never be able to do, and and do it on on gear that he and I have talked about working for what he wants to do for any of the artists he's he's working with, right? As an artist right? All of us are artists. It's just, we have different paintbrushes. And so I have, I get the privilege of talking about which paintbrush is best and then handing it to and working with someone to do it, right? That's ultimately what we're looking to do. And if we can do that, then you get these, these moments in a live production environment that they're the chill moments, right? Where you all of a sudden just get this run of adrenaline hits you straight in the chest and that's what becomes special about what we all do. That's why I got into this. Hmm. Ryan, I'd swear you're a psychology major, man. I feel like I'm <laughs> <laughs> like I should be asking you questions about how I become more effective in my job. I mean, you, you've got you've got a gift, man. I mean, it's 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 amazing to hear you speak about this on such a human level, as Matt was saying. I mean, you know, in our industry, you know, everything is you know so you know, just, you know, it's, it's a cycle. It's monotonous. Every day we do the same thing. And just to hear this perspective is refreshing. Um, how do you guys stay on the cutting edge? Are you uh, basically asking people what they're using as far as like pros and consumers, you know, how, how do you guys keep up with the trends of what's popular and what people are using and what's actually necessary in people's setups or is it just you basically just 
speak to the person, you know, when they're talking about it and you provide whatever they need? Or do you try to stock products that are useful for a majority of the situations that you guys encounter? Yeah, man, that's a, I love that question just because it's, it's so multifaceted about to, I'll do my best as to how do we, how we think about it. I mean, the very short answer is just listen, mm-hmm. S- listen, just listen to what's happening in the world and listen to what's happening with our customers. That's the first thing we always talk about. You know, I think that, that it's multi kind of multi prong, so to speak. That's a nerdy business term. I'm trying not to say that ever again, but, but if you listen to, if you listen to our partners who are our customers and then we have great relationships with our manufacturers. So I'll give you an example. This morning I was on a, I was on a call with Yamaha commercial audio and, and uh, I don't know if y'all saw this, but they just released a, a new, a larger format console. You know, they have a PM7, PM10. Kyle, you're familiar with that, I'm sure, if you're still there or not to sleep in. But then they released something that is in that same space. Well, that stuff's not even available for the next, you know, 30 or 90 days. You know, so for us, we capture that information, we listen, and then we talk about it internally. Where does that, where does that fit for our customers? And how can we best... Not we never want to force feed any one solution. That's not our job, mm-hmm. and that goes back to the listening thing. So, if we just put something in a cardboard box and ship it to you and say that'll work, good luck. We have failed, and we've now become a vending machine. Cool. And for me, that is not okay because then I'm again might as well just pack up my bags and go sell nuts and bolts. Mm-hmm. So for us, we just listen understand what's happening in the market, and then have great relationships with manufacturers who can tell us where they see the market going. We can provide some color, a great human interaction. Again, going back to people, right? If you can have great human interactions and create good relationships that are healthy, then you can support customers collectively better. And then, and and it's not about the way they feel because that's a pandering comment. It's about what the relationship and the trust that's been created can provide to you so that you can end up with the best solution that's possible for everyone. So that's how we think about it. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned that you guys, you know, once you deal with the client that you don't go and install or set it up, how do you maintain that relationship? You know, once the gear is out there, you know, are you, visiting the people when they come through your, you know, your, your town, are you going out and just seeing the finished product? Cause I'm just curious as you know, to once you ship it out, how do you maintain that relationship and not fall into the same, you know, scenario that you're, you're against and what you're talking about? Yeah. Well, that's, that's uh boy, that's like a million dollar question because, you know, if, 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 there, there are some, there are some folks who would take the risk that would take that, you know, question and go, well, you know, we basically got that one done. We wiped our hands of it. It's out the door. It's on the street. There, it's on tour now. We don't have to worry about that until the next thing comes along. Well, you just made yourself a box sale, and that's not that's not the right. That's not my personally. That's not the right way to go. The right way to go is it. You know, and we do this internally. Is you know, we have a set of of expectations for our team, and and it's a it's the human again. It's the human aspect, right? They follow up. And they're talking to anyone who's on the road, you know, if, if, if they have any issues with gear, how is it working? Did we get it right? And if not, how do we, how do we kind of change our thoughts on maybe another solution to get it done? 
Um, so we, we try to stay consistently approaching. And then the other thing is this is, you know, going back to the conversation around products and as they come, as new technologies come to the forefront, well, we want to make sure that, you know, those, those technologies are communicated and any market trends that we see are communicated to our customers, not because we want them to buy the next thing, but because we're trying to make sure that we're educating everyone as much as possible and anything that's changing in the world and changing in terms of technology so that if there is a better way for our customers as they consider that and our partners, then they can go ahead and approach it. Um, so that's how we go about it is this is constant. It's a relationship, right? It's a mm-hmm. constant thing and it takes work and it doesn't just happen overnight. Um, you know, and we, we work really hard at that. And that's why we've had customers who've worked with us for literally the length of the business, right? They've, they've grown up in the industry with us, maybe from buying a, you know, a small recording rig or a small live sound rig to, you know, 15 years later. Um, I was talking to a gentleman yesterday who's been buying from us for, uh, for, uh, um, um, about 15 years. And he was on the road with a foreigner and others doing front of house, but he started with a local, you know, little venue here in, or down in Dallas. And that's how he developed up. Right. So, but it's just this, it's this consistent people first approach. It's not rocket science, but it's really hard to do because in our day and age, you've lost this personal connection, even though we're so deeply connected on the social side, social media side, sometimes we lose that very specific human aspect in the sea of likes and followers. And for us at Sound Productions, can we honor that? Those aren't inherently bad things, but can we utilize them for a a greater good? That's the goal. So, Ryan, you talked about the future and you talked about, uh, you know, staying ahead of the technologies and listening to your customers and and learning and to anticipate and all of that. So, uh, I mean, for our viewers, you know, I I guess I'm part of me is curious what you guys are are up to right now in light of what's happening in the world. You referenced the live streaming that's, you know, happening and and I'm sure people are doing more home studio recording and what have you. So I'm a little bit curious about that, but, but really I want to hear, you know, where is it going? What do you think? Where do you think this industry is going? What, what, what is the next thing? Yeah. Well, another million, that's a $2 million question, Matt, question, Matt. Um, you know, we're, I'll boil it down. There's lots of studies going on right now. You know, you mentioned Live Nation. You know, they've got a big study out right now about, you know, concert goers and how venues are feeling comfortable and, you know, there's some of that is, you know, you're leading the witness a little bit because, you know, um, um, we obviously all of us want to be back out and, and in concerts and and at venues and stuff. Um, but, you know, it's 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 interesting. There's there's been there's been a rush to the home recording thing. Right. And so for folks like us, that was a that was a moment of that was never our core. Now, we did we do that, but it wasn't, you know, this deep core. So we had to change. Right. March 15th was was this shifting moment where things just pivoted massively boy word of the year i got a koozie that says pivot 2020 on it no joke and and so over those first 30 days you know you we all everybody had to figure out what the world is going to look like man i mean especially in this world you know where everybody's stuck home and or safer at home right and so you know we we moved into this home recording piece which we we, we just did more prominently we were already there but we you know we 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 deepened our offering there which was great um, folks like Shure and some great partners like that. Presonus was a great partner, always has been. But you know, there's lots of great partners that helped us through that through that um, that month. 
but you know, for, for, for going forward, you know, I would, no one knows what next year this time looks like. You know, everybody's seeing, you know, dates be put back on the calendar starting in June of next year. Again, I was talking to Rob yesterday. I was like, man, what do you think? And he's going, you know, it sounds like right now, you know, main, main touring is, is, is off until maybe June of next year, which boy, that feels like a long way away, but we've made it through three months already. So, you know, we can do this. I think it's just going to be hard. We have a saying in our house, we can do hard things. And so it's just going to be a hard path. But I think, you know, there's, there's a couple of trendings that we're seeing and, you know, specifically, we also support, you know, venues like churches and churches have had to move from this, you know, normal live production environment, which boy, talk about mini venues. Those, those spaces are highly technical and, uh, and, and, and can be very impressive. But now that's moved into, you know, an online environment and, you know, we don't anticipate that really to change. We think there's a subset of customers for our house of worship partners, church partners that are going to stay as some portion of what they do every single day. Um, is going to stay in an online format. Um, what does that look like over the next five years? I'm not sure yet. All I know is we've become streaming experts at sound productions over the past 90 days in ways that we never would have thought that would have happened. Right? We we are we are not streaming um, deeply streaming uh, um, uh, technically savvy folks up until about 90 days ago when we had to learn it, and our team's done an incredible job. So, you know, I don't know what, what is, what does the next year look like? Are we going to go to a concert and, you know, go see, go see a show and stand in a six by six foot box? Maybe that's the way it works. You know, uh, I was talking to my friends at Yamaha again this morning and they were saying, you know, corporate events and things like that, that, you know, generally you'd, you'd have to push, you know, a certain level of PA into the space to make sure everybody could hear what was going on. But now that everybody's gonna have to be spread out, a larger set of PA has to be brought in for the same physical space. So I think everybody's just trying to balance, you know, what is happening, what's the safest way to go about it. You know, something like a Lollapalooza, y'all talked about that, you know, on a prior episode. Who knows what that looks like, right? Uh, you know, I think, Christine, you mentioned where the where the headliners going to come from, where are people going to show. So everybody's trying to figure out what's next. But for sound productions, the way that we see it is we're going to continue to listen. We're going to continue to support people with the best products that we can possibly do true to form, right? That has never changed, won't change. And then, you know, for us, you know, over the next three and five years, as we, as we uh, continue to evolve, um, you know, one of the things we're going to, you know, we're already planning on doing, and Madison was this first example is we're going to open, you know, regional event centers across the United States. And so, you know, for, for, you know, let's talk, let's talk again in four years and see where we're at. Right. But, you know, we're already talking about, we got one in the Midwest, you know, we'd love to have one in New York, New Jersey. We'd love to have one, maybe Orlando. We'd love to have one maybe, you know, down in the, in the Southwest, you know, maybe in, uh, you know, in like a Reno area, excuse me. And then one maybe up in the Pacific Northwest, you know, we love Portland and Seattle, but that would allow for spaces where touring individuals and folks who are in our world can come see product and put their hands on it. And it goes right back to the people part. So we're trying to stay very, very firm on what we believe in terms of our ethos and and what we what we want to do for our team members, which is focus on them first, and then our customers right in lockstep. And if we can listen to that, uh, then we'll be able to maneuver these moments. But man, I am telling you, I am aching for a live show. I want to hear like some low end hit me in the chest. I've been missing it. So, you know, my, my sure in-ears are great, but they do not <laughs> replicate being in a live show and hearing that first note hit. Um, so we got to get, we got to get there, but we'll, we'll do it safely.
Ryan, I got to say, you are a smooth motherfucker. Listen to this guy. <laughs> you are, our audience is listening along. We're being lulled at attention, not even to sleep, just hanging on the words. Chris is talking about how how you speak so well and yada yada. And, and Chris is a smooth gentleman himself. And he, so he sees him his own and, and, and clearly, you know, your stuff. Although I do want to acknowledge you didn't answer the fucking question. Cause I asked you what was next and you said, we're going to listen. You didn't actually tell me. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to suggest something. And of course, all I ask is 10% of all the revenue you derive from this as the emergence of AR and VR technology comes into focus as the equipment to support that becomes increasingly a factor as you guys expand your, you know, your offerings to include, you know, the support mechanisms that are required for that, the technology that's required coming into the venues, uh, you know, the potential need for more sophisticated VR glasses, headsets, whether that becomes more of a front-facing offering as opposed to just a back-of-house offering. I mean, I think that there's a huge play there. Again, 10%, that's all I'm saying I need, and the rest of it's good. You're, you're obviously the guy that can tell this shit. Um, there's no doubt in my mind. You referenced our Lala episode. You referenced something Dallas said. This dude is a smooth motherfucker. Wow. <laughs> So so I suppose now is probably a good time to point out also that it's not just generous of him to offer us the sound equipment. He was late to our recording today. That was when (laughs) the offering came out. So, of course, I'm going to say, because I'm a professional negotiator, that as we move into video, because some of our viewers have asked when we're going to do something video, I mean, clearly we should be getting that product from Sound Productions, too. I think everybody out there would agree with that. Dallas. Kyle, Chris, certainly you guys agree with me. Am I right? He should be sending us video equipment too, right? I'm on board with that. I agree. <laughs> Absolutely. I probably need a technician to help me with it, but Uh-oh. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's okay. We can figure out that part. Kyle, I'm sure you agree with us too, right? You quiet motherfucker. <laughs> Hello? Shady. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry, I just had to drive that one dig in. He, Kyle, for those who don't know, is actually the person who mixes these episodes. So before it makes its way out to the world, before our listeners have a chance to hear it, he's the next one who will take all of this data, and he's the one who will be listening back. So when I throw a little, you know, a little knifing at him right now, it's only because I know he's going to be the one who hears it next, and I'm sure he's going to call me laughing. Might be a little frustrated, but uh, such is the choice he made. But uh, Ryan, I mean, you you are a smooth motherfucker. Like I say, it is obvious why you are, uh, you know, a VP in a sales capacity. You're also, I mean, I'd be remiss not to point out that you talked about your background and what got you into it, and you're a great example. Of one, your great example of a hustler, which of course is the people we speak to for and about. But you're also a great example of somebody who doesn't have a music background, doesn't even necessarily have a technical background in a music oriented skill. And yet we've always said there are jobs for everyone in every vocation in the concert industry. And you are a perfect example of that as well. So 
with that in mind, I mean, we've already taken over an hour of your time, and now you're sending us all this free equipment. So we're not going <laughs> to keep it for too much longer. Um, but we do have a few quick hits that we always like to ask people. As somebody who doesn't have much of a touring background per se, I'll omit those. But I do want to ask, I mean, do you have a single moment, a, a best experience other than the JT one? Because obviously the second you come face to face with JT, I too, you know, drooling, slobbering, like I, I triple threat. I mean, the guy is the guy is the full package. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, but do you have an experience like that you, uh, you you can relate to us? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and yeah, you're right. No musical background. I did pick up the guitar in college and 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 do now play. But um, but before that, nothing. So it's uh, I think that's probably too is I had to, I had to learn how to I had to learn how to hang, you know, in in artist circles maybe or in production circles. So. But I have to tell you, okay. So my favorite, we, my wife and I love traveling, going to see shows, and and doing doing all that stuff, which is which is a blast. We'll we'll hang hang out in different cities and see shows. But I have to say, um, we have three boys and um, ten. I'm sorry, twelve. How old are they? What year is it? Twelve, ten, and seven, almost eight. Well, our youngest, um, you know, our, we went and saw our, our good friends um, at Alpine Valley is my favorite venue of all time. Um, if you have never been south southwest of milwaukee northwest of chicago but it's a it's an incredible venue it's like a the midwest mecca think the gorge without a big hole behind it but the um uh, last summer we were able to go and, and see dave matthews band there and it was my you know our good friend rob was on tour with dave and the crew and stuff and so we were able to spend my our youngest son's birthday was on was on is on july 5th and they had a show at and and so we were able to go as a family the five of us and meet our good friends um you know in you know in the crew and and our good friend adam and his wife amanda who's part of um a part of that tour and and actually was able to watch the end of the show uh, on my son's you know seventh birthday from from side stage um as a group that's got to be easily easily the most uh, memorable concert moment of of my life so thanks for asking man i was i hadn't thought about that in a while very cool very cool so this is a bit of a tough one. And, and again, it's not a touring guy. I'm going to ask it anyway. Hopefully you can impart some wisdom. Uh, is there any one thing about the industry you'd like to see us change to do better coming out of this coronation, heading back, uh, you know, into, into uh, hopefully full-scale touring before too long? Yeah, I mean, you're right. Not being out on the tour, you know, consistently is 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 hard to it's hard to say. You know, let me just say it this way. You know, I think, especially, and I'm gonna drift a little bit into some social stuff here, but I think especially as we come out of this very unique time in our country's history, I think it's really important for us to reset our expectations about what we personally understand. And, and have to reroute our minds a little bit to understand that we probably don't fully understand each other in the ways that we that we maybe thought we did. And, and if we can get back to loving each other, and it's not just going to take that, right? That's an easy answer. But on the touring side, you know, like anything in our life, right? We can impact our families, we can impact our neighborhoods, and we can impact our communities. You know, outside of that, it gets hard. Um, but if we can start with that base level, you know, I would ask the touring industry and the in the live music industry to to really look at themselves and ask tough questions around, you know, who's on who's on our tours, who's on our on our cruise, 
Um, how are we thinking about having, you know, just a, a deep sense of diversity in, in cultural backgrounds and religious backgrounds and just ensuring that, you know, the, the, the gate to becoming um, someone on tour is not closed because of X, Y, or Z. I think that that's one thing that I would, um, you know, like to see all of us do, but specific to, you know, our world today. I think that's very astute. And again, you are a smooth motherfucker. This time, <laughs> Ryan Maurer, Sound Productions, any shout outs, parting shots? Shout outs. Well, I just want to thank you, Matt, Christine, Kyle, Chris. I mean, this, this is really a cool thing you're doing. I appreciate that you're doing things for for uh, for the for the folks that deserve them the most. Um, and, and I would also like to say thanks specifically to the Diamond Fader himself, Mr. Kyle Hamilton. Uh, I look forward to seeing you, sir, on the road at some point here in the near future. Uh, and then I just wanted to say, you know, quick shout out to my to my good friend Rob Stevenson, who you had on the episode, but was is the conduit for for this conversation occurring over the past few years. So, uh, and then all y'all out there that are that are hanging in here, trying to get through this interesting season, um, you know, certainly our team's thoughts and and uh, prayers are with you all too. So, uh, hang in, we'll get there. Very nice. And do you have any socials you'd like to share with us? Yeah, we've got, uh, you know, soundpro.com is our, is our website. That'll be changing rapidly over the next six months. We're rebuilding that. Um, and then you can find us on, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, under Sound Productions 1973. Excellent. Well, Ryan, you've been great to our listeners. If you haven't heard the episode yet with Rab Stevenson, that actually dropped two days ago. Uh, and dropping, well, two days ago today, not from the time this one will air. Um, but that one just dropped. Our Charm LaDonna episode also just dropped. That one dropped today, uh, the 18th. And uh, we are excited to uh, to hear this one uh, and, and look forward to receiving responses uh, to our listeners out there. As always, you can send your questions to HLUV Podcast on Instagram. You can send them to our, our info at hustlelikeyoubroke.com. And uh, we look forward to engaging further with you, Ryan. We look forward to all the great wares you're going to be sending our way. We will certainly be talking them up upon receipt. And uh, we want to uh, thank you again for your time. On behalf of my amazing co-hosts, even the one who isn't necessarily listening in or with us at this moment in time. Thank you all.